0: Thank you everyone for tuning in today on the Living Sales Podcast. I am extremely honored to have Jeff Hayden on the podcast today. Jeff is the author of one of the, the best books I've, I've read called The Motivation Myth. He is a highly accomplished Inc. Magazine columnist, uh, a ghostwriter, a cyclist, and in my opinion, a, a master at achieving goals and, and establishing routines and plans to achieve those goals. The, the Motivation Myth, the reason I say that it's one of the, the best books that I've read is, and this is the, the, the description of the book, and I, I think I couldn't say it any better myself, but the, the Motivation Myth is a book that overturns the beloved but false idea that motivation leads to success. Instead, small successes lead to constant motivation and let you achieve your biggest goals while also having more fun. And Jeff, that is, uh, to me, is when I when I read even just the first few pages of this book, I was instantly hooked because I I think that one of the one of the trends and things that I have seen in the past several years is a continued pervasive, a, a pervasive trend that is making people focus on developing these like really elaborate goals, but then at the same time, trying to find as many shortcuts as possible to not have to work hard to achieve those goals. And it's, it's something that drives me absolutely crazy. And so when I started reading your book, I, it was so refreshing to see someone else who also believes that hard work is, hard work is really important and that it's not just about finding ways to work as little as possible. But that that hard work and really of digging digging deep and, and pushing forward in a very systematic way is 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 what needs to be done. And, and I, I was instantly hooked as I was reading those things. And so this this book, the the things that that really stood out to me the most, and I, I hope that everybody's listening go and, and get a copy of it. The, the things that stood out to me was the concept of small successes leading to motivation, that it's not just that you have to find some kind of motivation, but that you have to work, that, that it's really the, the, the small successes and, and the hard work along the way that will lead to that motivation, and that the hard work will deliver results. Um, the focus in the book on the importance of routines and how routines eliminate decision anxiety. All of this, all of this was like absolute music to my ears. And I've found myself applying a lot of these things over the past several weeks as I've been rereading the book and, and going into it in detail. So, so Jeff, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast today and having a conversation with me. I'm, I'm super excited to be able to talk to you.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm tickled to be with you. And it's, uh, it's interesting, the whole concept of how do I start? I'm going to drop some names because name dropping is fun. So sure. I was talking to Venus Williams and, you know, everybody knows Venus accomplished tennis player, but she's done a lot of other things. She's she runs a design company. She has a an athletic wear company. She does. And instead of just being like a person that lends her name to it or a figurehead, she actually runs them, enjoys them. She's always been a person who has done multiple things, which I think, and she says uh, is part of the reason that she has lasted so long in tennis because she didn't burn out. But I was talking to this, and he never had this moment where like a lightning bolt hit her, and she said, oh, my gosh, I want to be the number one tennis player in the world, and I have all the motivation that I need in order to get there. All that really happened with yeah. me is that. You know, obviously, her father was interested in she and Serena playing tennis, but she looked at it. She looked at it as a, I just want to get better. That was really her goal. She wanted to get better, and so she didn't have that lightning bolt. So I, I thought about other people that I talked to, like Kirk Hammett, the Metallica guitarist, and Richard Branson. I can I can name a number of people. And none of them had that lightning bolt moment. They all just picked something they were interested in and thought, you know, I want to work to get better at that. And so I contrasted that with all the people that write to me or ask me, you know, how do I find my purpose? How do I find my meaning? How do I find that motivation that will get me started and carry me through? And they're all looking for something that I think rarely exists usually what happens is you pick a path even if it's something you're not particularly interested in and say i'm going to create a process that allows me to improve and have small successes and every time you improve every time you have a small success that feels good because we always like to get better at stuff that makes you happy which is cool That's motivating because it's like, okay, I like this. I enjoy this. I want to get up tomorrow and do the same thing again. And it creates this virtuous cycle of effort, success, fulfillment, a little bit of happiness. That leads to that little dose of motivation that gets you to tomorrow, which is really all you need because if you get that cycle going, it can run forever as opposed to relying on that big lightning bolt that is the only storehouse you have of motivation. And when depleted, and as everybody that's ever set a New Year's resolution knows, it gets depleted really fast. Uh, then you're stuck, and you don't end up achieving whatever it is you hope to achieve.
0: I, I, I find that to be, I find that to be, you know, it's it's such a, a strikingly simple <laughs> concept. But, but when but when you really think about it, it's it, it's something that is just not very common in our culture. You know, this, this, I feel like for forever, people have had this approach of like setting these, setting these huge goals and kind of just hoping you, hoping you get there and and having wishful thinking to get there. But these, these, these small, these small actions and taking these, these small actions are really, are really what make the biggest difference. I, I, I find that to be so incredibly true. And so in your, in your conversation with, with Venus, I mean, I I think that that's a, it's, it's a, a great, it's a great and and easy to understand example do you did you have a shift in your life like in your in your approach to, to work where where you all of a sudden realized that that you weren't doing things that way like many years ago maybe you were approaching things from the just look at big goals and you weren't you weren't following this process that you're talking about now and if you what, what was kind of like the, the turning point for you or like the big aha moment that made you start to, to realize that you needed to change your, your mentality around that?
1: I don't know that I had a big aha moment. It was, it was more gradual. Uh, probably the first shift was when I stopped. When I got out of college, I worked in manufacturing and my goal was to be a plant manager and, and I actually achieved that and ran a plant that had a thousand people um, and realized within about two years of doing so that that while that had been my dream, the reality wasn't as fun as I hoped. <laughs> and so I decided I wanted to be my own boss, which is both good and bad because I'm the worst boss I've ever had in terms of being demanding. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, so I, I, and I decided that I wanted to write, even though I had no writing background, no journalism training, no write, no nothing. But I just decided I wanted to do that and you know, so I did the side hustle thing. Basically, I worked nights and weekends and tried to, I ghost wrote, which means writing stuff for other people, um, because I knew nobody wanted to read anything that I wrote, because who was I? And so I just scrambled and hustled and worked really hard. And because I had to start from zero, you know, because I had worked my way up to where I was somebody in the manufacturing world, somebody with air quotes, but you know what I mean. Um, And I was nobody in the writing world. And so, I really quickly realized that there wasn't going to be a whole lot of satisfaction and gratification from, you know, I wasn't going to be Malcolm Gladwell tomorrow. So I just had to be whatever I could be and improve from that. And so that caused me to just put my head down and say, okay, all I can really control is the work that I do. I can't always control the outcomes. I can't control, you know, whether I get noticed right by the right people. I can't control whether something goes viral. None of that I can really control, but what I can control is what I do every day. And so that, the process of doing that caused me to realize that if you keep your head down and do the work, and if you are following a routine and a process that has a pretty solid guarantee of success if you follow it, that keeping your head down and doing the work gets you really far. you mentioned something about people setting huge goals and hoping that they get there. The problem with setting a really huge goal when you're starting kind of from zero, Uh, here's an example. Let's say you decide that you want to run a marathon, but you're not a runner and you've never run before, much. So, but you want to run a marathon. So you go out and run the first day and maybe you run a mile and you come home and you're shot and you feel terrible and you lay on the couch and you think, oh my gosh, I can't even run a mile. How am I going to do 26? And that having that big goal in mind is actually demotivating because it's too daggone far. The distance from here where you're starting to there where you hope to be, it seems insurmountable. And so you quit. But if your goal really was just today to run that mile and that's what you needed to do as part of your process and you achieve that, then while you may be tired and you may be laying on your couch feeling awful, you can feel good about yourself because you did what you set out to do that day. And when you accumulate those days, one day you pop your head up and you look and say, wow, I can run 10 miles, I can run 15 miles, whatever. And you get there through the accumulation of all those small wins. And the cool thing is that every day you do what you set out to do, no matter how small it might be, you get to feel good because you did what you set out to do. You get to sit on your porch and say, it was a good day, I checked that box off. A great example of this is the Jerry Seinfeld method of writing jokes. Jerry's had a calendar on a wall in his office for, I don't know, 30 some years and his goal every day is to write a joke. And when he does and when he likes it, he puts an X on that date on the calendar. And so instead of saying, I'm trying to create a 45 minute set, or I'm trying hours worth of material, His goal is to say, I want to keep the string of X's going and never have a blank day. Because if he does that, Mm -hmm. at the end of some period of time, he's accumulated the material and he's achieved what would have seemed like an insurmountable goal. So I love huge goals, but the goal really should be there just to inform the process you create that will help you get to the goal. And then you focus on the process. So pick a goal, figure out your process and then focus on the process part. And the goal, roughly speaking, it kind of takes care of itself. Um, had I, to go back to your original question, when I, when I started writing for online publications, you know, I, I wanted more people to read my stuff. Had I simply focused on the number of readers early on, I would have quit, because it was pretty depressing yeah. 100 people read what you wrote <laughs> you know, and you're expecting more. But I just focused on every day I'm going to write something really good. I hope I'm going to write something that people want to read. I'm going to learn from what I do. I'm going to get better at what I do. And over time, hopefully that will build something that resonates with people. Um, that was my focus, not how can I get to a million readers a month or where right now I average about two and a half million readers a month, but I never thought about that. That wasn't my goal. My goal was how do I get good at this and how do I get people to want to read this and how do I build an audience and how do I do that every day? That's the key to it, which leads very nicely to the idea of, you know, what you help people with, which is sales. Cause that is the, that is the essence of being a salesperson.
0: Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's, you know, there's, there's two things I was thinking about as in, you know, in relation to, to sales, but then also into the, you're saying about training and, and having this huge goal of, of trying to go out and run a marathon. My, my wife and I are both triathletes and, and we accomplished our, our, we finished our first uh, full Ironman last November. Oh, and good. I remember, Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. And I, I remember, you know, years ago I wanted to, I, I, well, I say not, not even years ago for a long, long time. I've always been fascinated with, with Ironman and triathlon, but I never I never thought it was possible to do it because all that I thought of in my mind was, you know, here's these massive distances that I have to cover. And, you know, anytime I, I ever heard about these traffic, you were doing these these huge races. It, all you ever heard about was the time it took to train for something like that. Yep. And people who were spending, you know, 25 to 30 hours a week training and, and running like 50 miles a week. And, and in my mind, I had this image of just, well, it's impossible. I don't have the time. I don't have, you know, I don't even know where to start. And so I just kind of had this idea that it would be really cool to do it someday, but didn't think that I would actually be able to do it. And my, my wife and I were, we, we have been together now for about three years since November of 2016. And she well, she was actually my first girlfriend in when I was in, in high school and, and we reconnected back in the, in 20 years later in November, three years ago, which is amazing. And she had become a, a competitive triathlete in the time that between times that we had seen each other. And that first, the first night that we went back out and, and met up, she was telling me about her, her involvement in triathlon. And she's like, Hey, you should do this with me. We should, we should get involved in, and do some of this together. And uh, you know, I saw it as an opportunity to get involved in triathlon, but also as an opportunity to, to impress her, of course. (laughs) And I, she's like, you should go out and get a bike. So I did the next day. I went out and bought a a, a tri bike, a time trial bike, so that I could start doing all of this with her. And uh, I used to swim in high school. And so I, I knew swimming, I had been a runner. And so once I realized that all that it took was this very incremental step of buying a bike and, starting to ride and starting to run and starting to swim, I realized that it wasn't about just trying to put in all these massive hours. It was trying to just understand how it worked, taking it a little bit at a time. And and eventually it led us to the point of, of being able to do this this full Iron Man. And when I look back at the training it took, I, I don't look at it as, you know, all of a sudden I had to change my whole life. It was these small incremental steps led up to it. And so what you're saying about the whole marathon thing is, is true. You know, it's, it's those little steps that, that make a huge difference. And like in your, in your book where you're talking about, you know, you take, you, you run one mile every day and then it's going to be easier to run that one and a half miles the following week. And then you continue to build upon that and before you know it, you're, you're out there running across the starting line of the marathon. It's, it's, it's an incredible, it's an incredible, uh, incredible principle.
1: What's, what's it just said also is that one of the fun things about goals or one of the best ways to set a goal is to pick something that the goal has multiple levels so you had been interested in triathlons you wanted to impress your then girlfriend now wife. there were probably other things about that that were interesting to you and so when you pick a goal that has multiple levels of meaning then that makes you more likely to stick with that um, I've done stuff where, you know, I do silly stuff sometimes, like I did a hundred thousand push-ups one year. Part of that was to prove something to
0: myself, but part of it. I, that's part that's of amazing it, to me. I, that's something I, I wanted to ask you about too. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's, well, that's incredible. So
1: then we'll talk about it. But part of it was, you know, how do I say this? All right. Tim Ferriss, who we can not necessarily blame, but credit for the idea of people thinking that they can <laughs> success, which is what you talked about earlier. <laughs> But, but I knew him and when I talked to Tim, when he did four hour work week, one of the sections in four hour work week was about outsourcing. And he talked about outsourcing his dating. And so he had hired an assistant to create, you know, like dating profiles and to respond to initial queries and to set up the dates. They didn't actually go on date for him, but they did everything else. And part of it was to show that outsourcing can, can be used in all sorts of ways. But it was also because he knew that was a good marketing hook for the book. You know, because you could picture yeah. one talk show person saying, coming up next, here's a guy who outsourced his dating. What's that all
0: about? Sure. You
1: know, and so he was pretty savvy about that. And so part of my 100,000 push ups was I knew I was writing a book <laughs> and I thought it would be interesting and it would be attention getting and it was. Um, but part of it was to prove something to myself. There were a lot of different things. So, The idea of goals, if you can find multiple levels that a goal is important to you, then you are much more likely to stick with that as opposed to just, you know, oh, I want the ego of having accomplished this or I want to have said I've done it or it's always been on my bucket list, but I'm not sure why it's on my bucket list. Um, there There are a lot of levels for that. And then the other thing that struck me when you were talking was you got started with the triathlon thing and before long, well, at first you were part of a community that was you and your girlfriend. But in time, you become part of a larger community of people who are triathletes or who are interested. You, re- you meet people that are cyclists, you meet people that swim, you meet runners, maybe sometimes you went on group rides or did stuff together. Even if you never interacted with them, in your mind, you shifted from a person who occasionally rides a bike, swims, runs, to seeing yourself as a triathlete, however humble right. that might have been. And the same thing has been true with me in cycling. I'm, I'm the most amateur of amateur cyclists, but I see myself as a cyclist and part of that community. And that sense of identity helps you with keeping your process going. Yeah. Shifted from I have to go run today because that's one of the tasks on my list to I'm going running today because I'm a runner. You know, or like like the example I usually use is with kids. If you're a parent and you have kids, you don't have to motivate yourself in the morning to take care of your kids. It's just what you do because you're a parent. And so when you do something for a little while and you embrace it and get a little better at it and start to see that as part of your identity, it becomes really easy to keep going because it's what you do. It's not what you are. forced. It's not a task. It's just who you are. Um, it's the difference between being a supervisor and a leader. Supervisors have a clipboard or a checklist and they make sure people get stuff done. Leaders lead people. They develop people. They mentor people. They step in to correct problems. It's just what they do. And they're leaders. Right. When you can yeah, get and I, where that's your identity, it's huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I, I find that to be, I find it to be so, so true. And, and in fact, it's, it's one of the, the things that impacted me the most from, from, well, from what you said just now and, and from, from your book and your writing is, is that exact concept. And I, in your book, you use it, that illustration of, you know, if, did you get to work on time today? <laughs> did, you feed your, did you feed your kids? Did you get your kids out the door to school? And the answer is probably going to be yes. And that's because it's just what you do. And so the concept of like, you know, and specifically in relation to, to, to salespeople and, and the, the, the job of, of a salesperson, you know, there are so many things that can get in the way of a salesperson actually just getting out and selling, whether it's planning sales calls or taking, taking notes or doing administrative tasks, filling out reports, whatever it might be. You know, people can get so wrapped up in all of the other things and then they think, well, if I had time to make a sales call, or if I have time to do this, then I'm going to squeeze it in today if I can. And I, I find that to be such a, a, a strange thing because if you're a salesperson, your, your primary job should be to sell. It shouldn't be kind of an afterthought or something that you try to squeeze in or, or try to get done. And that concept of, well, if, if you, you got to work on time today, you, you're a parent, you fed your kids or whatever it might be, if people, I, I really think that people need to have that same mindset of, I'm also, I'm also a salesperson or I'm also a sales manager. or I'm also, you know, fill in the blank. And so I am, this is, this is part of who I am. It's a non-negotiable. This is what I have to do today. And, and that, that mindset has, has profound impact. And like you're saying, if, if you, if you go out, you have to determine whether or not you're going to go for a run. Well, if you view yourself as a runner, then you're going to go out and, and go for a run. If you view yourself as an author, then you're going to enjoy writing. You're going to write because that's, that's who you are and it's who you see yourself as. And, and I think that that mentality is, is so extremely important. And with what you were, with what you were saying about these, these incremental efforts of, of seeing yourself as, as part of a community, I know that for me, uh, this, this kind of sums up some of the, the thoughts I was having, the, the things that, that of, of what you've been saying. For me, I remember back in college, I was in a, a class for intercultural communication. And I remember at that time thinking about everything I was learning in that class and, and being really drawn to working in different cultures and doing international business. And also my dad had traveled all over the world for his entire career. And I was always really drawn to having a career where I would be able to work all over the world and work in different cultures. And I remember in college setting a goal for myself that I would work on every continent, that I would lead a business and and work on every continent. And I had no idea how I was going to get there, but it was a goal that I had in my mind and it was something that I was always working towards. But when I look back, when I look back on that and I realized the path that I took, I made decisions for the past, you know, however long it was, almost 16, 17 years. I made decisions along the way based upon whether or not each decision was going to get me closer to achieving that goal. And when I graduated college, my intention was, you know, I, I knew that I wasn't going to achieve that goal by applying to get a job as a global vice president of sales for a genetic laboratory because I had no idea what I was doing. Instead, I tried to lay out a path of how I was going to, how I was going to try to meet more people, how I was going to try to increase my, my connections and, and build connections with different people throughout the world. And I slowly but surely made these decisions along the way that would get me closer to that goal. And one of those things as well was, was learning, was, was becoming fluent in different languages instead of just hoping i would become fluent i started practicing little by little and i had taken a lot of spanish classes but i continued to i started really practicing more spanish and eventually learned portuguese and um, and and mandarin and i started studying these languages and trying to expand my ability to work internationally and and instead of looking at it as just hoping i got a job working internationally i i made decisions and, and chose a path however small those decisions were, that would eventually get me to that point. But the cool thing is, is that the process, the process was the best part, you know, going through all of this. And I, I think back, you know, that the, the best part isn't just working all over the world. The best part is, is the process I've gone through and, and the people I've gotten to meet and the experiences I've been able to have, the things I've been able to learn have been absolutely incredible. And that to me is the, the best part of all of this. And so with what you're saying, with what your example of you shared with talking to Venus Williams and about running and cycling, and you share this example a lot in your book too, the the, the process ends up becoming, becoming the best part because that's what you're experiencing every day. And that's, that's what you're, that's what you're enjoying. So that eventually, the goal is accomplished, but you had an incredible experience getting there so that when you do accomplish your goal, it's not just, Oh, I checked that off my list. It's you've, you've had an incredible life experience throughout the process. And I, I think that's a, that, that's such a, an incredible thing about what you're saying and, and this message that you're conveying that the, the process and the, these little small successes are what are going to lead you to be motivated to accomplish your goals. Because when I look back and think of the processes that I've gone through and the things that i would experienced, that gives me motivation to keep pushing towards future goals because I have realized how enjoyable it was to, to, to go through all of that.
1: Yeah, a couple things spring to mind from what you just said. The first one is when you were talking about making decisions, you're basically describing the Herb Kelleher method. Herb was the CEO of Southwest Airlines. And, you know, if you think about that, he probably had to make a thousand decisions a day, but he filtered every decision through one basic question, which was, will this make Southwest Airlines the low-cost provider? If the answer was yes, then they would explore it. If the answer was no, no matter how fun an idea it might have seemed, he didn't do it. So if you apply that if you applied that to wanting to work overseas, and salespeople can apply that to, how they structured their day, what they do, what's on their task list. Will this help me sell more? Maybe that's your question. Or will right. this be a better salesperson? Or will this help me achieve my sales goal? Whatever your one question is, filter everything through that. And then if you're thinking, hmm, should I sit down and play with these reports? Well, will that make me sell more? Probably not, <laughs> go right. do And so the, the whole idea of, you know, every, every bit of research I've seen around selling indicates that in large part, the people who are the most successful salespeople are the people who make the most calls and who put themselves in the most positions. And so that really, you know, there's a chapter in my book called The Power of Numbers, but it's a little bit like doing my 100,000 thousand push-ups. It was 274 a day. I did 300 just to create a buffer for myself. But over time, it clicked off a lot and I got to the end and I had my 100,000. And so if you create a process as a salesperson that says, I'm going to find a way to do you know, whatever it is, X number of cold calls or X number of meetings or whatever it is that drives success for you, if you set that goal and have that be what your goal is every day, then over time, you're much more likely to get to where you want to be than if you're floundering around or if you're trying to find this quote-unquote secret to selling or whatever else that might be. So it really is a, what is the most important thing? What is the key driver of the outcome that I wish to experience? And then you do that. If, you know, I'm a writer, so I could sit around and quote-unquote research all day long if I wanted to, but that doesn't put any on any paper. I have to sit and write. I make money when I write and I make money when I do speaking gigs You know, that's where I make my money. So anything else, I have to weed it down to as limited as possible because it would be stupid not to because, you know, I'm not getting paid for that part of it. Not really. Um, So it it does become a focus on what drives success and how can you weed out all the external stuff to the greatest extent possible so that you can focus on the things that actually do drive success for you. And then as far as the, the whole thing about process and enjoyment. There are, let's say that someone says, I want to, or let's say I said, I want to run a triathlon. All right, that's my goal. I say I want to run a triathlon, but what I really have to want is to go out X number of times a week and swim and ride a bike and run and do some stretching and eat right and get enough sleep and make sure I recover well. I have to want all the stuff that goes into it want the goal but don't want the stuff, then you are never going to achieve the goal. So if you want to be, I don't know what is your number, let's pick one. If you want to do a million dollars in sales, that may be what you want, but what you have to want is to make the calls and to do the presentations and to do whatever the pieces and parts are that get you to that part. That's the stuff you have to want. And the cool thing is, even if you don't really enjoy something early on, as you get better at it, which you will if you put the effort in, you can find that you enjoy it because you've gotten good at it. Very few people don't enjoy things they're good at. It just doesn't right. it that way. There's a lot of stuff you can not enjoy because you're not good at it and won't even start. <laughs> when you like doing something, you tend to like to, you're good. When you are good at something, you tend to like to do it. I didn't enjoy right. push ups at first. But oddly enough, over time, I kind of liked it. And it was part of my day and it was fun to be able to do, you know, 75 in a row. And it was fun to be able to do 300 of them in about 15 minutes. And, you know, it was fun, the pieces and parts, even though that's the most meaningless goal in the world to be able to do that. It got fun because I got good at it. And so Mm -hmm. if you're getting ready to start something that you don't know that you're going to like, it's okay, because if you put in some time and effort, you'll get better at it, and you will find things about it that you like, and that will be motivating, and that will keep you going, um, and like I said earlier, someday that will become part of your identity, and it'll be who you are, and then it gets really, really easy.
0: So so what do you, well, actually, I, I want to ask you this first, and then I'm going to ask my, my question. Did you say that you did like, 10,000 push-ups in one day. What was yeah. the number? It was some... 5,000.
1: 5,000.
0: 5,000. Yeah. That's, that's, that's insane. It's, what it, I mean, to me, it's like you spent your whole day doing push-ups. How long did it take you, or how did you structure that to be able to do 5,000 in a day?
1: I did them all in one, not one shot, but I didn't, like, space it out throughout the day. I just said, okay, I'm going to start now, <laughs> and when I'm done, I'm done. And it took forever, and it sucked. And you can add all the adjectives you want to it. But the lesson from that is that many things that we want to accomplish are simply a matter of time and effort. If you are willing to do the work and you're willing to put in the time, you can get it done. Yes, you can help somebody to dig the foundations for your house. But if you had to, you could take a shovel and given enough time and enough effort, you could get it done. And... It's tempting to say with anything that we're doing, okay, I can't do it as efficiently as possible. I don't have the right tools. I don't have the right training. I don't have the right connections. I don't have this education, whatever all those things are and say, you know, I'm just not in a position where I can do that like other people can, or I'm not in a position to right. do it as efficiently as possible. So shoot, why should I even start? But it's strictly a matter of time and effort. And so if you're a new salesperson, and you've got big sales goals to hit, and you don't really know that much about what you're doing and you don't have the latest you know, CRM software and you don't have whatever all these things are you think you're missing, okay, take what you do have, which right. is yourself, and say, with the tools that I do have at my disposal, I'll use that, and then I'm going to make up for the rest of it by putting in the effort and putting in the time, and trying to learn, and trying to get better and working at it that way. And everybody that I know that is incredibly successful got there not because they had a magic bullet or they, they'll all say that some luck was involved, but we all get lucky when we work hard. <laughs> that typically is what happens. So they didn't have a magic bullet. They didn't, have, they didn't have all these things that you think that are special, some things that incredibly successful people have. What they had was a willingness to work hard and put in the time and to not stop when other people would stop and to keep going when other people would have quit and get to where they wanted to go because they just refused not to get there. And so yeah. that, that I think is really important for anybody, no matter what you're trying to do. It really is just a matter of time and effort. You can overcome almost any obstacle if you are willing to put in the time and the effort.
0: Yep. Yeah, I. I, I think that's absolutely, absolutely incredible advice. And I, I think it is a, it, it's it, that, that advice to me is, is some of the most helpful guidance, especially for salespeople who are just getting started in, you know, their first real sales job or their first sales job that has like a big quota in front of them or, or a big goal that seems insurmountable. You know, I, I think that keeping that in mind can help somebody who is looking at a massive quota and yet they have no customers they haven't made any sales calls yet and they have no idea how they're going to get started it's it's a matter of realizing committing to yourself that you're going to put in the hard work to sell and you're either going to start knocking on doors you're going to pick up the phone and just making making that first call and you know, then finishing that and making the second one, making the third one and, and doing what you know needs to be done. It's kind of like you're saying with digging the foundations to your own house with the shovel. That first that first shovel full will seem like it's not making any impact. But if you did that same thing 10,000 more times, you're going to have a gigantic hole dug. And I think that's such uh,
1: – And if I can – so
0: Here's
1: the cool thing. That sounds daunting. And it sounds like horrible – depressing advice to say it's a matter of time and effort but it's actually really empowering because it means that no matter where you're starting from no matter what disadvantages you feel you may have you do have the opportunity you you can do what you set out to do in large part if you are willing to put in the time and the effort and right. many people who have succeeded they really aren't different from you They just put in the time and the effort involved. If you look at somebody and say, wow, that came easily to them, you're seeing the surface. You're not seeing all the hard work that went into it. The overnight success thing, I don't know a single overnight success. I'm sure they exist, but I don't know any of them. They just seem that way because finally you notice, oh, my gosh, that person is really kicking butt. But you didn't see all the stuff that took to get them there. And so it's really empowering to think, I have everything that I need to get to where I want to go if I am willing to apply myself to it.
0: It's absolutely true. I know for me, I, you know, I in college, I was an outdoor leadership major. I had absolutely no medical training, no biology training or, or anything. And you know, now, working in, in this industry, I, I work with some of the, the top IVF physicians and and geneticists in the world helping them implement our technology and what we're doing is is transforming the the IVF industry and i sit down and have these technical conversations and and to me when i when i think back to when when i when i look at that and and see that i can just sit and, and talk and have these conversations with people people have asked me, Oh, what did you study in college? Did you study, did you, did you go to pre-med or did you, did you study molecular biology or are you a geneticist? And my answer is no, I just spent, you know, about 10 years of waking up at four 30 in the morning and taking various online classes on molecular biology and, and studying papers and taking statistics courses. I did an online MBA program, so I could really understand statistics. I took bioinformatics courses from Peking University in China online. I spent time in the morning, spent time in the evenings, spent time while I was running, whatever time I had to take these classes and learn and put in a massive amount of time to learn this stuff. But now, you know, I, I now it's kind of second nature to who I am, but you're right, it's, it's, it's just the surface. It was really grinding away for a long time because I had this ultimate goal in mind and right, nobody, nobody sees that. Not a single person saw me doing any of that stuff. They only saw what was on the surface, but it's that, it's, it's that those, those small incremental efforts, you know, I, I remember the first, the first few minutes of the first molecular biology class that I took, I, I had to pause it and I thought I am, I, I have absolutely no idea what this person was talking about, but I kept going until I, until I could learn it. And it's, it's, I, I find that's it's something that that a lot of people really need to to hear and understand what what you're saying of these it, it, it's so important to not just think of this huge end goal because you're going to get discouraged if you just focus on on thinking you're not going to be happy until you have achieved this end goal because then all you're focusing on is this goal and focusing on what you don't have instead of focusing on these. On, on these small successes and these these small wins and and having that really be what what drives you and I remember when i I remember when I uh, went through all these classes and ended up getting my my first job as a in, in international business development actually was working with a, a, a large genetic company as a as a consultant. They hired me as a consultant in order to help develop business plans and business models to raise funding for genetic laboratories in South America. And they did it because I spoke Spanish and Portuguese and, and understood genetics. And it was like, all of a sudden it all clicked. I was like, Oh, so all these little things that I've been doing and studying it all of a sudden was, Oh, I've, it it all came, it all came together. And, and I, I remember just realizing that even though, even though all of these small things seemed like I was never going to get to that goal before I knew it, it all, it all added up. And, and I think that people, especially salespeople who are out there grinding away every day, trying to achieve some huge number or achieve a huge quota. It's, it's taking, it's taking these little actions and doing what you know needs to be done. No matter how many times you get rejected, you just do what you know needs to be done. And and it's, it's going to add up because I I really think based on everything you're saying and all of the examples that you've given and the the experiences that I've had, if you, if you follow that process, it's, it's almost a guarantee that you're going to get to the point you want to get to because you're, you're, you're focusing on these, on these small successes.
1: Yeah. You also, when you were talking about your biology class, that that reminds me of something I call the two week rule, which is if you're starting something new and you're not good at it at all, You know, like you started that class and within three minutes you thought, oh my gosh, I don't understand any of this. That's a key moment when most people quit. But if you start something and you commit to yourself that I'm going to give this two weeks and I'm going to work at it for two weeks, no matter what. And and quite frankly, if you're not willing to give something two weeks then you really don't want to do it anyway. So why even start? But if you give yourself the two weeks, at the end of that time, you will have improved. You will have gotten better. You will have gained some knowledge. You will have gained some skill. Good stuff will have happened. And then you can look at it more objectively and say, okay, is this a path I really want to be on? Is this something I really want to do? And most of the time you're going to say yes, because you've gotten into that virtuous cycle of effort, achievement, fulfillment, motivation, and it'll carry you through. But you have to commit to some period of time. And I use two weeks to say that I'm going to do this no matter what. Or else you won't get past that initial barrier of, oh my gosh, this seems impossible, um, because you need those small successes to get you going.
0: Yeah, I I I think that that is, to me, has been some of the most, has been some of the most helpful, some of the most helpful advice and helpful guidance that I've received and have have read in, in a very, very long time and just in, in everything you're saying and, and what I've been what I've read in your book because I, I think that though you know my my experience has been that everything that you're everything that you're saying is, is so true and being able to read it all written down in a very systematic way has been has been extremely enlightening. And my first thought was, you know, this this is a message that that so many people need to hear and and for me I have taken time to to really look at the routines and the things that that I've been doing and the things that I do on a on a daily basis and have worked on applying what you've written and the things that you've said to to what I'm doing every single day especially the concept of of just saying you know I am this is this is who I am and and this is what I do and it eliminates this whole process of oh do I feel like doing this today you know do I feel like do I feel like writing this or do I feel like putting together this proposal or email or whatever it might be and just say, no, this is what I'm doing because this is who I am. And this is what, this is what my, my job is. And I've, I found it to just have given me so much freedom from, from that decision making anxiety and just helps me move on and has helped me get a lot more done. And I, it's, it's been a, As as my business now is is growing and and what I'm doing professionally and and growing this business throughout the world, there's so many different things that can come up every single day in in my in my job because I you know I'm not just doing sales or developing multiple aspects of this business And, and what you've been writing and what you've what you've said has has tremendously impacted me because it's helped me to really gain incredible focus on just doing the things that I that I know need to get done and have really has really made a huge impact and so the main reason I wanted to be able to have you on here today and talk to you was to to gain more insight from you and, and to take that insight and, and pass it on to everybody else and so it's extremely extremely helpful and, and the great thing is, is I know that you you continue to write because I continue to read the things you're writing online. And so I, I, I look forward to continuing to, to learn from you. I, I really appreciate everything that you've done. And I, I know it's going to impact a lot of people.
1: Well, Thank you very much. That's you're too kind. I, it sounds like I paid you to say that. Um, if, if I, <laughs> you didn't, one thought, you didn't. I, it, if I can leave you with the one thought, because it does kind of sum up what you just said. I forget who said it, but there's a quote, it, it goes something like a professional is <clears throat> someone who can do their best, who can still do their best on their worst day, which is is very true because if you don't feel like it or you're not up to it or you just don't quote unquote have it today, if you can still sit down and say, okay, what's important? What do I need to do? What do I need to focus on? What do I need to get done? If you can do that on your worst day, then on your best days, you're really kicking ass. Um, but that is the accumulation of all that effort is what gets you to where you want to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I and I I am it's something that I am taking extremely to heart and something that I I well I, I find it to be I find it to be so important that no matter how far I've gone with accomplishing goals I've set for myself there's always more that I can learn there's always more ways that I can grow and and encountering everything that you've written has has been one of those 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 big moments for me of, of something that I really want to continue to learn and and, and develop in and so I, I I greatly thank you for for everything and i I really thank you for the time that you've spent talking to me this morning. I know we were going to talk for like twenty minutes and it ended up being an hour so i I, I, I really I, I really got a lot out of it personally, and I know that a lot of people who are listening to it are, are going to have the same experience. Thank you, and,
1: and um, I apologize for the fact that I talk in paragraphs and not in sentences. So,
0: Hey, it's, it's great. I, I'm sure I, people would much rather listen to you talk about all these things than and me just uh, ask a million questions, so I, I, I appreciate it. This is exactly what I wanted to be able to do, so, so thank you for your time, Jeff. I, I greatly appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Take care.
0: Awesome. Have a great day. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to the interview with Jeff Hayden. I hope you found it as beneficial as I did and that you can begin your week by listening to this and taking a few key points from it and applying it to your life and business. Check out Jeff's book, The Motivation Myth. I highly recommend it to everyone. It will help expand upon some of the things Jeff talked about and it will give you some practical guidance towards these small successes that will help develop even more motivation in your life. And if you would like to fast track your way to eliminating stress, living your life and closing more sales, get a free copy of my book, The Living Sales Manual at livingsalesbook.com. Thanks, everybody.